What are you doing every day to stay sharp and level up your skills and knowledge? It's no secret that personal and professional development can make all the difference between extraordinary results and remaining stagnant. Those at the top of their game are constantly learning, growing, and sharing. That's what today's episode is all about. Welcome to the House Rich Podcast, a show dedicated to the professional development of anyone involved in the home buying or selling process. I'm James Walters, your host, and I believe that when we level up our knowledge and skills, we'll serve our clients better, create stronger communities, and see our businesses grow beyond what we ever thought possible. If this is your first visit to the show, thanks for stopping by. Be sure to come back each week for fresh content from industry pros. Today, I'm talking with Alan Smith, a realtor with Team Encompass in Raleigh, North Carolina. Alan has been helping people buy and sell homes for over 17 years and is proud to have earned the designation of Certified Residential Specialist. This year, Alan serves as president of the North Carolina chapter of the Residential Real Estate Council. We talk about the educational opportunities available and why becoming a CRS designee became part of his professional development game plan. We also discuss networking and tackle a few myths about the best ways to take control of your personal and professional development plan. Well, we'll just jump right into it. When I thought about you and especially after I looked at a lot of your stuff on social media, yeah, it's what the Greeks would call a polymath. You okay. know, it doesn't mean you're good at math. Maybe you are, but it just means a person who has deep knowledge in a variety of subjects is very different from like a jack of all trades. That's like a little bit of knowledge on a lot of stuff. Right. This is deep knowledge on several different okay. things. And so that's what I wanted to talk to you about. I've known you in a couple of different roles and right. it's the kind of thing where you can use skills from one and they translate really well. Tell us about your role with the Residential Real Estate Council. For people who haven't heard of it, for people who might be new to the yeah. industry, tell a little bit about what got you involved in that organization and what they do for realtors. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, my role to start with is president, but the role is to kind of manage the state board, the state association, and you know keep all of our events and projects rolling. So not too surprising from a president standpoint there. But what what is our board made up of? So that could be the further question. So we've got there's seven of us volunteers, including me, and it's involved with the CRS, which is Certified Residential Specialist. It's the designees that that have that. We also have members that are working towards their designation. But as far as designees, we have about around a thousand in North Carolina. And it's run by the Residential Real Estate Council, also referred to as RRC. And so we're here to serve our members and do events and an education. It is as education-centric to get your designation. It requires some experience and it requires some education. There are two different paths, and it depends on how much experience you have as to how much education that you need for it. But here's the key part of it. The CRS designation is about the education mindset. You never quit learning. Seasoned realtors will tell you, you know, you, it, it's always changing, never stop. I'm sure it's probably similar with mortgages and other projects you've been involved in. Yes, absolutely. And so CRS is similar to that. So it's not a one and done. Like you don't just, just get that education and you're done, but it is a mindset that you continue learning. So we continue to offer education on different levels. Some of it is via our council, via online classes. And then outside of COVID, 
we'll have classes in the state. And education can take two different forms. It might be the one or two day classes, the, the bigger bad ones that you need to earn your designation. And now you might take that even if you've already got your designation. But then there's also what we call education light, which is just some of your smaller classes. It could be some of the webinars. But in the state, you know, maybe we'll get together for an hour. We'll bring in somebody to speak. They're not necessarily the same speakers that would be the CRS instructors, but um, that might be a little more casual speaker. I'll give an example. There was a, an event we had a couple of years ago that was historic themed. It was in Raleigh, and it was two-part. One part was education, one part is social. For the education component, we brought in one of our CRS realtors who lives in North Carolina in Charlotte, and he talked about a project that the North Carolina Association of Realtors they bought a house downtown, which is an historic house called Heck Andrews House. And he talked about that project and how it came to be. Our attendees learned some things. They got one hour of maintenance credit if they attended to. And then we did a social component. We went on a trolley tour, which happened to have a stop at the Heck Andrews House. Nice. Okay. So it's fun. It, I mean, it's not just like sitting in a class taking notes. You got some hands-on and you got to see what they were really telling the stories about. And I noticed there's a sign right behind you that says only about 3% yeah. of the industry has that designation. Yeah. And tell me what a realtor who has that designation, what do they know? What are they more proficient in than maybe someone who is still aspiring to get that designation? There's so much education offered. You can really choose your path. Ironically, the story I'm about to tell you, I know because you have a history as a photographer. Yeah. Um, so we have this little weekly live stream. We had a guest on yesterday who is a new designee from Charlotte. And I asked her the question. I was like, what, what classes, what path did you take? And her answer was actually, I took a bunch of classes about photography. Like me, she geeks out on a little tech stuff and she wanted to be able to take her own pictures. She's telling me she's learned about bracketing you know where you oh yeah, or, yeah you know what it is but merging the three pictures with different lightings absolutely to make the, so uh, so now not all the classes are that techy right there's plenty of other things maybe you want to grow a team maybe you want to learn about uh, investing in real estate and th there's a variety of, of topics okay that's really cool it, how diverse it is so when did you get your designation and how mm. long did it take you like what was the journey yeah. there for you yeah. So let me tell you when I got it, because that, in light of what we were just talking about, maybe, and you know, I've been licensed as a realtor since 97. Let me tell you that okay. first. Yeah. So that's been a minute. Yeah. I didn't get the designation until 2017. Okay. So if you do a little math there, been serving on the board for, you know, three years and some change. So uh, I jumped right in to volunteer with the board. I felt if I, if I can get the designation, I might as well get involved. Yeah. That's yeah. the way to go. That's kind of part of the second question that you asked is how did, how did I get involved? So let me back up. Let's pick it up where we met in the special event business. I got back into the special event business during the recession and so fortunate to have that to fall back on to and uh, DJ. Now, DJ since I was in high school, but there have been periods when I did it full time, part time, and even some periods when I was out of it. So when Justin hit, got back into DJing and, you know, a little bit of that story and the projects I was working on and also got into video DJing. But it was at that time I felt like I needed to catch up in DJing because I had been out of it. So I ran to a conference in New Jersey. Now, prior to that, been no DJ conferences. Well, some smaller kind of stuff that we won't even count them. And then um, with real estate, I'd always thought about going to conferences and getting involved with things, but never pulled the trigger on it. Once I went to the conference and then back the next year, 
I started seeing the value and then I started getting involved with some, you know, the local special event association and serving on the board. I started seeing the value of those relationships, the information sharing. And even from some of those DJ conventions, I actually met some folks from North Carolina, one guy in Greensboro, another guy in Charlotte, and we're friends until today. And they've been strategic partners and such key relationships. So fast forward to when I got back into real estate, you know, out of the recession, the market's robust and seems like it was going to stay for a while. And, you know, my life was changing a little bit. So when I got back into real estate, I'd always wanted to get my CRS designation and I made the decision that it is tomorrow. I'd always thought I'd get it tomorrow. I always put it off. Well, the time had come, you know, <laughs> so right. um, I'd already seen like, oh, I got out of the business and I never got it, you know, so that's how it cannot happen. Let me make it happen. Once I got the designation, that's what led me to the desire to get involved. And then when I raised my hand and started talking to some people about being involved, the role, I mean, there's seven roles there. There's one role is called network group which is basically kind of like special events. It's like more the social aspect of it. So they asked what position and I thought, oh, let's do that one. I know something about that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and they need people like that because there are a lot of people who yeah. don't come from that background. And yeah. they, when you walk in and they see, oh, that is part of your background, they latch right onto that. Yeah. Let's talk about if someone's listening right now, I'm going to put all the info in the show notes, like all the links, okay. the website, that kind of stuff. Maybe they're a year into it. Maybe they're five years into it and they just have been grinding out those networking relationships and just doing all the things you have to do to get business. And I get that. Yeah. But then once you start cruising a little bit and you're like, okay, it's time to level up my game and really start knowing a little more depth or maybe a lot more depth. Yeah. Or maybe like the example you gave, you're not loving the pictures you're getting back from your vendors of the homes. You think, man, this doesn't look like what I see in some of the magazines. I wish it did. Yeah. And you don't quite know how to give them the direction to do it. So yes, you're like, okay, I'm going to check this out. I'm going to see what it takes to make my homes look yeah. the way other people's do. Yeah. And so you go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. If yeah. they want to get that designation, what are they in for? You know, one of the first questions that comes up and there's a little bit of a, I don't know, we'll call it a myth maybe out there about CRS as it relates to real estate, because somehow it comes across their radar. Right. And at first glance, you know, and they look at the experience they need to check that part of the uh, qualification off, they go, oh, I'm nowhere near that. Like, like, I'll look at that later. And that's the part where there's value to considering going ahead and joining. You can be a member and start taking the classes to earn your education. Also, you can start attending events. You know, we have some of virtual events, but COVID aside, and hopefully we get past that, that's a, you're starting to network with those folks. And even if you're networking in the local area, there's value no matter what profession you're in. So I think sometimes people put that off and there is actually value. Taking those classes, that information, that's what I didn't know back then. That information is what's going to get you to that next level. So right. instead of saying, oh, I'm going to get to the next level and then take it just so I can say I've got the designation. I, I don't know. People in general should flip that on its head. Got it. Okay. That's great insight because there might be someone who sees that, that they need a certain level of experience and doesn't realize, oh, I can go ahead and start getting value from this organization 
while yeah. I'm getting my experience. I don't have to have one before yeah. I start getting the other. Yeah, and I, I think you could take that and apply it to other things like that, being involved with just professional groups in general or other things, even if there's no strict requirement on that. Like, go ahead and jump in and start, you know, learning from those folks and just just go in authentic. Like, I mean, I don't know. That's my opinion. Just like, hey, I'm new, but I'm here. And like, what's, what's going on? <laughs> now, people love that attitude too, yeah. because I've had people who are agents who reach out to me and they're straight up front. They say, I'm new at this and I'm just learning. I'm meeting people. I'm meeting yeah. everybody I can. And I really appreciate that because they're out there and you know, they're hungry. You know, they've got hustle. And yeah. if you work with them, yeah. it's going to be great because they've got that energy. Yeah. As opposed to somebody who's like not going to reach out to yeah. someone because I don't have letters behind my name yet. Yeah. Well, and I think people hear that fake it till you make it kind of thing. And, and, and there's maybe a right place to apply that mindset, but I don't think that's the right place. Like just yeah. jump in and say, I don't, I don't know anything yet, or I know a little bit and I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. Help. I don't know that either one of our jobs apply to the fake it till you make it thing. This That'd be pretty dangerous. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I do think, come back to something you said a second ago too, because I get into a lot of tech stuff, learning about the video and live streams and photography and all that kind of stuff. But you, you did hit on something a second ago that some of that stuff, you learn enough of it to know to be how to successfully hire people and guide them to do the project. So that was a little nugget of wisdom you offered up there. I think that's so important because if you don't know how to give direction, doesn't matter what partner it might be, yeah. what vendor down to the person who's doing repairs on a house you have listed. Yeah. And if you don't elegantly explain to them what needs to happen, sometimes they know what needs to happen. Yeah. It's obvious that the yeah. door's broken, right? Yeah. But sometimes there's some nuance and only experience can give yes. you that. Yeah. And sometimes experience can come from sitting in a class and hearing someone else's experience, yeah. things that they've gone through and getting education is huge. And that's why I started this podcast, you know, people nice. giving their experience. Yeah. And now someone on the other end of our microphones is listening to this and they're thinking, oh, wow, you know, I could take a class. They had no idea maybe before they turned on this podcast that they yeah. could take a class about specifically real estate photography that wouldn't take over their entire life and yeah. they didn't have to, you know, got to go to a college class for it. Or Yeah. I mean, learning in general, I mean, we've got YouTube now. How cool yeah. is that? Right. So YouTube university, I've heard somebody call it, which is by the way, not an official thing. That's not just, a real thing. Just, yeah. It just means you watch a lot of YouTube, still learn how to do stuff. You know, not every source has all the information. I went outside of CRS to take some classes specifically on videography from a videographer that's, you know, um, a leader in the industry and has online modules. It's really cool. He broke it out where I only had to take the real estate stuff. I didn't have to take all the other stuff. There there's been a photographer, you know, one guy in particular, YouTubes that I've, that I've watched. So, you know, there's plenty of opportunity. Oh, and live streaming too. I mean, I've taken classes and I'm in a, I'm enrolled in like a coaching program for that too. So wherever you can find the information, <laughs> whatever you need to know now, yeah. I'm sure you, even with the podcast, you didn't just go do it. You looked up something and, and learned a little bit about oh, it. I <laughs> went to YouTube university for that. No, no doubt. I'm not ashamed. Probably about 12 hours deep into yeah. YouTube with 
a lot of that stuff from equipment selection to how to take it on location, which is a great segue because we are sitting here in your studio where you do your live streams. It's 10 o'clock every Wednesday. And tell me mm-hmm. a little bit about what the mission of mm-hmm. your live streams are all about. How it came to be, too. You know, I was get, digging into uh, recorded video in order to be able to do some content for real estate, YouTube and social and that kind of thing and filming listings. And that led to kind of an interest. It's some of the same technology used for live streaming. And then obviously we're all like zooming and everything nowadays, right? I got into a little live streaming when the pandemic first hit with the DJ. And so that gave me a little test run with some of that. But once I enrolled in the coaching program, I actually did that for a while. I didn't just go live at first. I'd always had an eye for doing it for, you know, Alan Smith realtor business, right? And I've done some of that. But it was just kind of a natural fit with where we were with COVID. We haven't been able to do mostly live events or classes or whatever. So it was an avenue to, to be able to do something. And just the stars lined up. I, I have a co-host for it who happened to have raised her hand to volunteer. That's great. Um, yeah. That's rare. <laughs> and th- Yeah, it is. It really is. Because most of the time you're, you're tapped on the shoulder, right? She had, had raised her hand about being involved on the state board, and, and she is now this year. And then even prior to that, we started the, the live stream in, uh, I think it was late September 2020. We used to work for the same firm. And speaking of special events, that firm had me DJ. From day one when I worked there, I DJed for them. Wow. Like okay. a, they had a monthly get together. They didn't even call it a meeting. It was a show. Oh, nice. (laughs) Okay. And so as part of that, I got to see a lot of the brokers in different kind of roles. We're not talking about just leading a little education segment. They were, it was more of an entertaining, like a show. So I had seen her do some stuff and um, interview some panelists and that kind of thing too. And I was like, Hey, I got this thing we're thinking about. Like, would you be interested? I think having somebody else on gives it some energy. But look, if I'm, if I'm honest, it wasn't just me in front of the camera, right? There's somebody else there that can help keep the conversation right. going. Absolutely. That's important sometimes. And now it's grown. We've got guests on the show and we really, in the last week or two, have expanded and we've got a calendar of guests and we're booked out like a month and a half for that. And Lucky. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's a I'll be there right? someday. Yeah. yeah. Someday yeah. I'll be there. If you're listening, call me. No kidding. (laughs) Raise your hand. Raise or James is gonna tap you on the shoulder. Or you know what's better than that? If you're listening, you probably know somebody else. Tap them. Absolutely. (laughs) Volunteer them. That's so important because everyone knows someone no one else in your network knows. Right. And that's how networks get so powerful. Is because I've known you for quite a while and you know a lot of people I've never met. I know a lot of people you've never met. And so if you ask me, oh, I've got this this thing I want to know about. Obviously you found the videography, but I know a lot of videographers, you know, a lot of people in, if I wanted to know more about like this podcast and making the audio better, you know, a ton about that. And you know, a ton of people who know about that. And so that's what network's all about. It's, yeah, it's kind of magical that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's always said too, especially for clients, like, uh, I don't know the guy. I probably know the guy that that knows the other person. Exactly. <laughs> we can find them. We can yeah, we can get <laughs> yeah. to them somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a great segue because you and I met. What was it? It was in 08. Yeah, we met around 08 when somewhere between 08 and 10 probably something yeah, in there. Yeah. Back when the the real estate world was falling down around the country. Yeah. Pretty much it was not yeah. a sunny place. It no. was a little bit bleak. I wasn't in that world at the time. You said you were, mm-hmm. and 
it gave you an opportunity to dive deeper into your DJ role. Yeah. That's how I met you because I was a photographer yeah. at that time. Yeah. And I've seen you do a shows. A great one, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Blushing. It was a fantastic time to be in the yeah. events industry because yeah. everybody was feeling it. But if you could go to a great event, go to a party, make it better, that was a positive thing. Yeah. And we put on great shows. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of it. But I've yeah. seen you at a New Year's Eve doing your video DJing with a thousand people yeah. in the room. We're talking three floors of the Museum of Natural Science. Museum yeah. of Natural Science yeah. downtown. Right. And just all three floors packed, looking over the balcony, watching you do your your magic. Yeah. And on the three story video screen. That was the yeah. most fun as a video DJ. That and I've got pictures of that and I'll I'll actually post some of those pictures in the show notes on the site so cool. you can see what I'm talking about. It's got Alan right up front and uh, thousands of people around just shouting, having the best time. Yeah. Obviously pre-COVID. Right, because, right, of course. Yeah, yeah, we can't have a thousand people in, <laughs> in 10 square blocks anymore. But that made me think when I was thinking about talking to you today, there are a lot of skills as a DJ mm -hmm. that you have to have that really cross over and translate into what you do now mm -hmm. in the world of real estate. You have to be able to like as a DJ, I've seen it so many times. You have to be able to read the room mm -hmm. and kind of read the mood of the room because do you need to switch something up? There's a rhythm right. to a crowd. You can keep them cranked at you know level 12 for a little while, right? but you can't do that for too long because then people just Wait, you yeah, wear people no, out. You're right. It's, it's the, part of the art of it is, and you've been to enough events where you must have recognized this. I don't know if everybody... Just I don't, a casual party agenda, they no, probably they would never recognize. see this. But seeing it enough, I've seen it done yeah. well. Yeah. Which you've done well. Yeah. And I've seen it done really badly. And it yeah. ends up not being a great party. It's the yin and yang of it. To enjoy sound, you can have a moment of absence of sound. And it's and it's those peaks and valleys and that journey that you take them through in the night. It's actually like, let's just say you're up in those peak areas. The coolest thing to do is just echo out of a song, give them about two seconds of silence, and then go into something that's completely left turn. It's that kind of... That's when you hear the crowd go, oh, shit. <laughs> They yeah. lose their minds and they're yeah. because they didn't see like when you say left turn, they didn't see that next song yeah. coming. Right. And they were like, right. oh, my God, I don't know right. how he went from here to there. And it made sense, but I am feeling it. Yeah. And I see yeah. that happen quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. So one of the ways that translates into your work with your clients, tell me if I'm wrong, but you've got to sort of read them. You've got to get feedback. And sometimes right. their feedback isn't verbal. Sometimes they don't know. Yeah. what they want, but maybe a five, 10 minute conversation with them. Yeah. You're like, okay, you're telling me you want, you know, X, Y, Z, but my experience tells me you are not going to love that yeah. as much as maybe some of these other choices I could provide you right now. Yeah. I, I think there's definitely some parallels in the industry and I've never thought about it in that light, but I think everybody could relate to this. Think about as you've matured, at least my journey, if I think about you know, those clients I was serving early, you know, in 97, 98, 99, I was probably more of an order taker. And I didn't do any of that because I just wanted to get some business and fulfill their order and, you know, make them happy. But now, an example this morning, and there's, there's other kinds of examples, but um, we have multiple offers in a listing and that my seller had called and said, I, I really like this one offer. I'm like, 
You do? It seems really good. I understand why she, she did, but there was a component that she didn't understand. In this particular case, we, you know, well, I don't want to give all the details on that one because that one's still outstanding. Yeah, but, yeah. But um, of course, this will be broadcast later and it'll be done. But um, let's just say that there was a definite reason where I needed to let her know that, let, let me point out some components of this offer because you, you might not think the same way. As opposed to going, oh yeah, let's just let's just take this one and <laughs> let's move on. And I guess that's an extreme example, but there, I think there's many cases where you you do want to guide them as a professional. I think is what was what's going on there. You want to let them know if their thoughts are in line with how the process typically goes. For example, I may say you could have that opinion if you want; it's yours to have. But let me tell you how it normally works, just so you know where you stand compared to to how it normally works in the process. Yeah. And I know what you said is great because the best place you can be really in any industry that's like ours, where you're helping people do something major. Mm -hmm. I mean, in our industry, buying a house, I mean, that's the biggest purchase people are going to make. And it's an emotional one because when someone buys a car, that can be emotional. You either, you, you love an SUV or you, you're practical and you want a lot of space. That's not as emotional of a purchase as where you walk in and you lay your head down every night. You want to feel safe. You want to feel happy. You want to feel that sense of family. The best thing you can be is a guide to them. And like you said, people who are young in the business, they tend to take that order. Well, And I I think here's a good way to look at it. If I think about when you're in the office and you're young in whatever occupation you're doing, but if it's a service business like what we're talking about, Let's just say that you're a yes person to the client, you're filling the order. I think the point of recognition is if you're hanging up the phone, let's say, and you're going over to your office mate and you go, you know what, this client should really done this. Okay. If you really believe that, did you tell them? That's the difference right there. That's huge. Now, if you're yeah. not sure if you're in real estate, your broker in charge, but your manager or whatever, bounce it off somebody else before you guide them the wrong way. But I think that's really that point of difference. Just just um and, and guiding them. I don't know. I love that because yeah, if you're working on your second deal, yeah. And obviously you have a lot of oversight on that or you've got a lot of collaboration with your teammates. Yeah. Yeah. If you are looking at it and you're thinking, wow, they they're really specific. And sometimes there's comfort yeah. in getting your first couple of clients who feel like they know exactly what they want. And yeah. you're like, oh thank God. I don't yeah. I don't have to really jump through a bunch of hoops for these people. These people are great. They're easy. They know exactly what they want. But sometimes they are very confident, but they're not very knowledgeable. And if you're more knowledgeable and not that you have to push back, but if you can at least say, hey, not going to derail this. You sound like you know exactly what you want. You seem really confident about it, but I would just want to float these two other things out there, see how they react. Yeah. And if, if you get pushed back or if they dismiss it, then yeah. Cool. Move yeah. forward. Yeah. And when you're kind of, I mean, you're smooth with the words. I've, I've, I've heard you do that because we were in the same office and I've heard you on the phone and yeah, you, you want to approach it from a loving way. It's not like you're beating them over the head going, you're doing this wrong, you know? Right. <laughs> you, you, it's a genuine loving, like I, I'm trying to think of a specific example. This one's not really severe, but on the recent list and I was telling them like how crazy it might be because of the price ranges houses in and the uh, all the things they had done right to prepare it for sale pre-listing home inspection updating some carpet and paint and that kind of thing and you know I told him I was like you're gonna probably get to a point where you have multiple offers and it could be crazy enough where you want to go ahead and set a date for your highest and best and cut off showings 
and they weren't there yet. And I was like, I, I know you're not there today, right. but, but just be thinking about it. And then the next day, it's, <laughs> okay, I see what you're saying now. I didn't yesterday, but I see it now. And, uh, and you're right, let's set it. Okay. So it's, you know, that could be a more subtle example. And in my line of work, it's always telling people, okay, based on your income, based mm -hmm. on your credit, based on what things I'm seeing in your situation. And mm -hmm. sometimes when people have a great situation, good income, great credit scores, that kind of thing, they will qualify for something that is far beyond their comfort level. So if you say, yeah, you qualify for X number of dollars for a home and that would give you this payment per month. And they're like, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. And so then we have to have the conversation of great. I'm glad you see that because I was going to point out that based on our original conversation, you, you threw out a dollar figure that you felt comfortable with that translates into this price of house. And sometimes agents don't love to hear that because they're like they qualify for 350 let's go 349 you know what mm -hmm. so we keep things safe where maybe they would sleep a lot better at night at like 305 300 something like that yeah. and then they would they would still be able to go on those vacations they would still be able to go out to dinner every week and yeah feel great about things and still be packing away in the 401k so yeah that's where a little bit of that guidance a little in again yeah. it's experience yeah yeah, and, and then and then here's where we pick it up once you've done your job and you've pre-approved them on our side. And and a lot of times they may not even ask about this yet because they're just entering the market. And it depends on the price range and location, what part of the nation or state you're in, and maybe when you're hearing this podcast. But you know, you want to look at my house that's say two seventy-five, and that's where you want to end up. You're actually shopping two sixty, two sixty-five-ish, somewhere along in there to end up up there, maybe that's even right. lower. That's right. And you're volunteering that information right up front and guiding them so they don't trip up later. Yeah. And because you guys know the market, you know, the areas. And so it's one of those things where you say, okay, let's realign expectations. Mm -hmm. And I think realigning expectations sometimes with your clients is the most important thing you can do as their advisor. It doesn't matter what you're advising them on. You, you want to be an expert in it, but yeah. I advise people on, you know, their mortgage. You advise people on actually the transaction and mm -hmm. making sure that that's smooth, make sure mm -hmm. they get what they want out of it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to have those tough expectation conversations. Yeah, absolutely. So how can our guests find you on social, on your website? How can they get in touch if they want to? The podcasts are not podcasts. <laughs> you always say podcasts because we're recording. I know. The live stream that we do on Wednesday mornings, that's on Facebook and that's on the RRC of NC. Facebook page. You can find me over on Facebook if you put in, you should be able to just search Alan Smith Realtor and feel free to look up, you know, my uh, personal Facebook page if you want to connect that way. And then I'm over on uh, Instagram at uh, Alan Smith. I am Clubhouse. Are you on Clubhouse yet? I have. I am late to that game. All way right. late. I've got an invite I can send you. Okay. Because <laughs> um, it is invite only and it's iPhone only too. Are you, you're oh, iPhone? Yeah. yeah, totally. Okay, okay yeah. cool. Hopefully they'll come out with something Android. But up there, I'm, everything else was taken. So I used my DJ name, which is Alski Love. I'll spell that. A-L-S-K-I-L-O-V-E. I use that, but I'm, I'm usually in like the real estate and right. whatever. And I'm going to put rooms. all of this info in the show notes. Okay, so cool. people can go to the website, houserichpodcast.com, and they'll be able to get to all this info. So yeah, it's good for them to at least hear all the different ways they can connect. And if mm -hmm. they want to get more information on the CRS designation, 
Yeah. Where can they go for that? Yeah. So there's a couple of different ways. I mean, I, you know, they can reach out to me. You can't track me down. Obviously on the RRC of NC Facebook page, there's a way to message us too. Then you'll get somebody at the state board. But okay. on the uh, national, I guess rather international uh, level, there is simply crs.com. And there's uh, a ton of information there. And if you can't find what you're looking for, there's a place for you to submit for more information. And the folks at headquarters will reach out to you. Okay. That's great. Well, I have a lightning round. This yeah. is, yeah, this is just rapid fire questions. Okay. And just say the first thing that comes to your Uh-oh. head. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know, whenever I've heard people do yeah. these, I'm going, like, oh, I never could think of the answers that quick. So I'm scared. <laughs> no, I've teed these out. I'll make them really easy. Okay. And again, it's just first thing that pops in your head. Okay. All right. So the first question is, what's your favorite book you've ever read? It could be fiction, uh, nonfiction, any time in your life. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with The Secret, which was right over here behind my shoulder here, um, sitting on my bookshelf, but I just let my younger sister borrow it. So. Okay, cool. I've read that book. It's yeah. uh, you Project Your Future as your It's a law of attraction. Yeah. 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 So that's one of the things. Yeah. Which I think relates to some of what we were talking about, like you're getting involved and, and, um, you know, connecting or reconnecting with people like we did. I mean, it's all uh, law of attraction kind of stuff or it can be. Can I give a, can I give a book number two? Yeah, absolutely. Getting things done by David Allen. Oh yeah. So in my, you read it? I it, read it. Yes. Yeah. Um, that really gives me the foundation just to, you know, get shit done. Yeah. Can I say that? Yeah. And um, you can say it. because if you can get shit done, you can go do all this other creative stuff and not worry about what you're missing. The thing I love the most is those two books complement each other mm -hmm. beautifully because mm -hmm. if you've got the secret, that secret is all about setting intention. It's mm -hmm. kind of creating the future yeah. in your mind. But when you're creating future in your mind, you're not necessarily doing it, I mean, you're, you're setting what Man, you, you could do a whole podcast on it. Oh, uh, yeah, you're giving me a lot of ideas here. But if you think about what you want your future to be, what you want your life to be, what you want to happen yeah. for you, none of it will happen unless you get stuff done, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, you really, everybody has their own take on it, but you want to take inspired action that has come from those intentional thoughts. And it's, it's all of that stuff that I'd done and DJing and live streaming and all that stuff has been all related to that. Like it's the stuff I enjoy doing. I mean, I get up super early in the morning because I can't wait to start doing some of this stuff. Yeah. And you're right. Uh, so much of what you do, you've got the real estate knowledge, but you've also got the video DJ knowledge that comes into your live stream now. And now you're using that to give back yeah. to your industry, to your community. Yeah. And that's really yeah. powerful because there are people watching your live stream and their life is better, you know, might not be better immediately after, yeah. but it's maybe going to put a thought in their mind, say, you know, maybe I should do whatever gap they might need in their knowledge yeah, in their career. And then they go act on that. Yeah. And then two months later, they're getting connections with people they never would have before watching your show. Yeah. 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 That's powerful. All right. Next question. Okay. Chocolate, vanilla, or strawberry? Oh, I'm going to have to go with vanilla. And, and I do have a, a story that goes along with that. Okay. My wife's family, like her mom and all that too, when they're such big chocolate ice cream fans, she would always have a couple of different, she's the grandma, right? Especially, you know, Susan's mom. And so she would have other offerings. And, but it was always, and I, I got to the point where I joke with him about that. Do you want chocolate or plain? 
I'm like, no, it's a vanilla. It's a flavor. <laughs> oh, wow. So it's chocolate or plain. Yeah. That's hilarious. All right. Last question. Okay. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Hmm. Let's tie it in back to what we were talking about earlier about how important uh, volunteering is. Okay. And, you know, there was a couple of mentors, two ladies in general that were uh, real estate mentors. One of the ladies is uh, the one that originally trained me. And um, back in, you know, well, 96, leading into my starting in real estate in 97. And then the other lady uh, was a realtor who was experienced and had moved down to our area. And she was in the class. I was in the training class at the firm we were at. Now, she took the training. She probably really didn't even need it. But both of those ladies, Harriet and Kathy, had their CRS as well as some other designations, too. And also, uh, and Harriet was volunteered a lot on the local board and the state volunteering association, that kind of thing. And even when I did some light volunteering back in the day at the local board, um, Harriet was uh, instrumental and a mentor and in, in, in getting me to head in that direction too. So um, I think those had the biggest impact on me in, in considering volunteering and opening my eyes to see what the value in that was and, and somebody to look up to. So I don't know if this is not a really specific piece of advice, but kind of in that arena. That's yeah. great. Well, I think that's a great way to end the show today. If you have things to share, share them. And yeah. I appreciate you sharing everything you did with us today. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Thanks so much for listening to the show today. Each week, we share valuable content from real estate industry pros so you can level up your knowledge, skills, and life. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app, and if you'd like access to even more valuable content or have someone you'd like to hear on the show, head over to houserichpodcast.com and drop us a note. We'll see you back here next week.